0: God has given us the ability to learn, to grow, to change our mind, and to choose to draw closer to God and to choose what we're going to believe and what we're going to follow. I had worked on the lesson out of Titus 3. And as I looked at again the topic that I had chosen. Set your mind at the evening one. According to his mercy, he saves us. I was going to work out of the text, and then I changed my mind. And after Colin's statement, I changed my mind again. And time I got it, I changed my mind again. <clears throat> Marvelous grace. His mercy. How do you describe His mercy? You cannot. How do you comprehend it? How He uses or how He acts within our lives? We all would like to live a rich, full life. Be blessed through this life. But I don't believe there's a one of us here who has not lost loved ones but they wish they would have stayed a little bit longer. It doesn't happen that way all the time. They can live well good years and then suffer along the way. There are those who have that concept that Kelly is demonstrating a little bit. Does this live life? Uh, Keep borrowing from from Colin there. The time will come soon enough when we'll be looking at the roots. Uh, It doesn't matter when that is, does it? It's going to come. How do we live life? Above the ground. That's what matters. And trying to work with God's marvelous grace is a challenge. When did God plan our redemption? Ephesians 1 4 says, Before the world began, he planned our redemption. We cannot comprehend the mind of God or the mind of Christ. It's an impossibility. Do not know how time relates to them. He's infinite, without beginning and without end. But in between the beginning and the end, there's a time. There's something called time. So how does God relate to time? Jesus knew before the world was founded that he was going to have to be the sacrifice. Now, the length of time for God would be immaterial really in one sense, but in another sense... You still have to consider it. Jesus knew long before it would take place. And as it unfolded, he had to deal with that. That there was going to come a time when he would come to this earth. That he would live his life to be the redeemer. That he would be rejected by his people and would be crucified, put to death, raised again that third day. He knew that. Yet he had to live his life. Looking forward to that, if you will, anticipating that, knowing that it was coming. And yet he did it. The grace of God. We want the grace of God, we desire his grace within our lives. But sometimes we also have to be reminded how does God work with his grace in our lives? As I read through the scriptures, Jesus knew from the beginning, before foundation of the world, that he was going to be the redeemer. When did he come? Did he come after Adam and Eve sinned? Is that when he entered the world because they sinned, that he came in to be the atonement for their sins? Not then. The time frame you work with He did not come then. He didn't come in. in, in, And chapter four of Genesis came. Didn't come then. As a result of his not coming, as we perceive things, you get to Genesis six, and what do you read? Every thought of man was on evil continually. He didn't come then. As you read the history on through the Old Testament, you read of God's people going down into Egypt, read of them being down there for 430 years and praying to God for deliverance. 430 years. Again, time means nothing for God. But it is showing us there is a time frame. God has mercy for his children but it's not always in the way that we would perceive it to be. When I want mercy, I want whatever I'm going through to be removed. That's what I choose to do. And as I read scriptures, though, it's not given that way. Sometimes God's people are told, you are going to suffer. 430 years in Egyptian bondage, 430 years they pray to God for deliverance. And when it happened, how did they receive it? They had not even gotten out of Egypt. And they're complaining. Troubles and trials come their way and they ask the question, Gideon asks the question, why has all of this befallen us? We thought we were your people. We should be on top. We should be the ones that are being blessed and blessed in others around us rather than are being persecuted. Saying all this as we talk about I want the grace of God in my life. I want his mercy. But I'm also reminded what do I really want? I want trials, tribulations, pain, suffering, removed from my life. Is that not what we pray for oftentimes? That's not what God promised. My grace is sufficient for you. Reference many times, Hebrews 11, I have to read through that, the first 32 verses and so forth. They're great to read through. Those are all the victorious ones. It's the last part of the chapter that as you read through, you need to understand as you read through that. God's people killed, sawn in two, put the death by the sword, fed to the wild animals, wandered about in the desert, hungry, thirsty but god was with them the time frame is always for us it's the now well outside of a few couple here the boys uh, we've lived life long enough to know that what we had perceived as hardships or difficulties within our lives has worked for good Sometimes the good is that reminder to us, listen, we we are not in control basically of anything. Say what we're going to do with our soul. That we control. And we get to learn, or we are learning as we go through life. One of the Again, the beauties of life and the illustration that God gives to us of the physical life. Regardless of where we are in the physical life, we think at that particular time we have a grasp on what's going on. And what's going to take place. And as troubles come our way, we make those petitions to God for the time frame in which we live rather than learning some lessons that remind us that this difficult time that we're going through can be, and oftentimes is, a reminder to us this life is not home. I'm just passing through. We get to look at life. Back when I was in my 20s, my dad was diagnosed with cancer, he had a perforated ulcer, they went in and they found his body that's filled with cancer. Gave him about less than a year to live. He was 80. Died when he was 81, within that year's time frame. The doctors came in and talked to us when they made the diagnosis of what was going to happen, family was there, what could be there. And the doctor made a statement. He said, I know that you're concerned about your chances of getting cancer. My statement then, and I'm facing it now, when I get to be 80, I'll think about that. Well, I'm a lot closer to 80 than I was when I was 28. And it does cross my mind. So he tried to take some precautions. But simply saying, see, I'm saying at that time, I felt I have an understanding of what's going on. Dad lived to be 80 years old before he got cancer. I think he suffered a lot longer before that. I think he had some health issues that he got from working for the city, painting the white lines down the highway before they got the machinery, using paint made with lead painted jail cells enclosed with paint lead, uh, made with lead I think he has some problems but anyway I'm just saying at the time frame this is my comment I've changed that comment because time has gone by simply again saying I do not have all the information that I need at this particular time to understand the mind of God and I never will Why? We ask the why. Sometimes it's not the why, it's the why not us. People are going to look at your life. How are they going to deal with it? How do you deal with that good news? Uh, Happy birthday. You know, hey, it, it happens. We get to deal with it. I do not know who, what the future holds. I know who holds the future. And that's where my hope lies. I'll go through these trials, these tribulations, and whatever else may come. And I'm reminded at times when we petition God, what are we petitioning him for? Really, what are we petitioning God when we go to him in prayer? Take care of me. Take care of me. Remove this situation. None of us have petitioned God to remove this pandemic, have we? Uh, Why? Because it affects me. Has it turned me to God? Has it caused me to lean on him more? Has it caused me to understand that I do not know how it works and how it's going to unfold? But history also tells me there have been pandemics down through history of one sort or another. So it's not just removing that. Why do I want it removed? Because I don't want to deal with it. I don't. Want, I do not want to have to face that. Don't always get your wish. Sometimes it comes your way, whether you expected it or not. Try to watch myself. I'm still real careful about not wanting to take a real deep breath. As I dealt with the COVID, it affects my lungs. I take that deep breath, it lets me know. (laughs) But it's a reminder to me. The marvelous grace of God. Reminded in Isaiah 46 and verse 10 that God is able to declare the end from the beginning. And that just staggers the mind. He knows. He already knows. It's in his plan. There's nothing new under the sun. And particularly there's nothing new under the sun with God. He already knows. So mine is, let go. Trust God. There's lessons to be learned. Things that we can do. Does not matter how well we try to prepare ourselves. Does not matter how well we try to make preparations. Some of the things that we prepare for do not come to pass, and things we did not prepare for do come to pass. Hey, God knows. His marvelous grace is just beyond comprehension. I appreciate the songs that Jerry selects, I've always had. He has that tendency to, to pick those songs that again will go along with what he believes my lesson's going to be. But they help. They remind us of what's there. How much we need God. Do not lose our faith, our trust, our hope in God. He is there and he is in control. Would you bow with me for a moment in prayer? Our gracious, our loving, and our merciful Father, we do in deep humility bow before your throne of grace and mercy this morning. Father, we're mindful of each one that's here this morning. We're mindful particularly of Kelly, and we pray to be with her and, and Colin and the family. Father, may our trust be in you, that you supply the strength, the comfort, and you supply the hope that we need. We pray that you be with each one of us that's here this morning, Father, and our loved ones. Again, may we trust you, your grace and your mercy. May we learn to trust you more day by day. And may our desire is to live a life here that would be glory and honor to your name and that would lead into that eternal home with you one day. Thank you, Father, for that sacrifice of Jesus, his willingness to do it. While we were even enemies of yours, he died for us. Thank you for his love and his mercy, and your love and mercy. Strengthen us day by day as we go through this life. May our hope and our faith always be in you. We're grateful for Jesus, and the hope that we have that eternal home with you one day. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Softly and tenderly, it's a beautiful song appreciate those who have the ability to write the words and those who have the ability to put the music to it. But we're encouraged to listen to the song. Jesus will not force his way into your life. Jesus will not remain in your life where you do not want him. But he's always there when you need him. We need him. It may be that we need to make changes in our lives. It may be that we need to renew that life, that faith, that trust in God once again to put our dependence upon him. But as you have a need, as we sing this song, he's bidding you to come to receive the help that you may need, the strength that you can have, to encourage you, and to do things pleasing in his sight. We could assist you, we could help you in any way. Indeed, we bid you to come as together we stand and sing.